and welcome to Kilroy is here. Today I'm joined by author E.E. Holmes, who's one of my great friends, and also she's created the Gateway Trilogy series and the Gateway Trackers series, and now she's working on something new that also sounds incredible. Today we'll be talking about world building and her process doing this. Hi, welcome E.E. Holmes. Thank you so much. I think for I think for podcast purposes, we can just go with Emily. That's cool. <laughs> sure. <laughs> of course. So you have built, you've created some incredible worlds with your first two series. Um, and I know you're working on something new. Do you want to just tell the audience a little bit about um, your, your original work? Sure, sure. So um, I set out to create um, a YA series. Um, about seven years ago, and uh, I started with uh, the Gateway Trilogy, um, which tells the story of Jess Ballard. She's a 17-year-old girl on the cusp of starting her own life, heading off to college, and um, then her mother dies mysteriously, and she suddenly finds that she can see ghosts. Um, and so the trilogy follows the story of how she discovers what this newfound gift slash curse that she has is all about um and how she learns to deal with it and she has to decide if she's going to embrace it or reject it um and so that is kind of the first uh trilogy and then um I did a follow-up series like a spin-off kind of following mm -hmm. the same characters um set a few years after the conclusion of uh the gateway trilogy and it's called the Gateway Tracker series. And it's just a new set of adventures kind of set in the same world as uh, the Gateway Trilogy. And um, yeah, so what started off as a three book project turned into a 10 book project, um, which I wasn't expected, but I'm <laughs> pretty delighted with. So, Sure. And you've like amassed a huge following over the years. That's is that that's part of the reason you <laughs> extended the books? Yeah, so I had a readership, I had a readership who were saying, you know, can you give us more of these characters? It seemed silly not to since people wanted to read them. So, uh, so yeah, I, I went with it. I felt like it, I had built uh, up a rich enough world in the stories that I could expand on them. I think sometimes a series has a natural conclusion, and it doesn't make sense to, to kind of try to stretch it and keep going. But in this case, I felt like, I had kind of only started digging into the world of these books. And I thought, yeah, I, I'm not sure how many more books I have here, but I'm going to keep going and see what happens. And it turned out to be seven. So. Sure. So can, can you tell us a little bit about your process, like creating that, that initial world of the gateway trilogy and then the trackers and how, like how it happens, how you ended up expanding on it at all in the, in the second series. And then we can talk about what you're working on now because you're right in the thick of a new world building. Yes. Yeah. I'm starting all over from scratch, which is simultaneously, you know, exhilarating and terrifying as you know, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so uh, I think the most important thing when you start building uh, a world for your series and it's not necessarily something that everybody starts out doing, and I think it's the most crucial thing, is that you have to figure out where your world fits into the real world, if at all. Um, mm -hmm. So, for example, um, is your world totally separate? Like, does it take place on a totally different 
planet or a different earth or a different, just an entirely different place where you're not going to have any sort of interaction with the modern world. So in that case, you're talking a lot of high fantasy. Um, Terry Pratchett's Discworld uh, would be a, a good example of a series that does that. Um, Tolkien, all of Tolkien's stuff, you know, it's just yeah. a totally separate world. Um, and then that way you don't really have to worry about where it's going to fit into reality as we know it. You can just kind of create your own reality, which is fun, but also daunting, <laughs> you know, right. Um, right. and then secondly, um, you can have kind of an alternate version of the world as we know it. So for the hunger games, you know, <laughs> where you've got America, but this is an alternate future America where something has happened and, you know, and now we have this new reality that's kind of unrecognizable or like the handmaid's tale would be another example, um, of, of a series that takes the world and then creates this alternate path for it, this alternate version of it. Um, and then finally you can have, uh, a, a, a fantasy world where, um, it takes place in the world as we know it, but you've created almost like a little microcosm or, um, uh, added magical elements to the normal world that aren't typically there. I mean, um, Neil Gaiman's Neverwhere would be a good example of that. Um, so uh, that's where I landed with my gateway books. I mm -hmm. created almost like a, a subculture of people who interact with ghosts and cross them over from one world to the next. Um, but I plunked them right down into modern day the modern day world. So the first book takes place, you know, primarily outside of Boston at a, you know, at a typical New England college. Um, and then after that, the books primarily take place in uh, England, um, but it's modern day England, as you know it. I, there are references to places you can go and walk around in London right now or in Cambridgeshire or wherever. Um, right. But I sort of created this subculture where, characters have to interact in the real world while also hiding these secrets of what they can do and and so forth so um kind of establishing where your world fits um i think is the first kind of the first big step right and so how do you after that how do you create how do you go about creating like the particulars of your world like the rules like different things that are going on how do you go about that do you do you make notes? Do you make an outline? Or do you just like, do they come up as you're writing? And you're like, oh, okay, this is particular to this world. It, 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 it's a kind of a little bit of all of that. I think I think when I think about writing these books, I think about making myself a map, like I'm going to take a road trip, this little mental imaginary road trip through this story. And I'm going to plan and plot out a route for myself. So I know I'm starting here. I have to hit this location, this location, this location, this location. I'm going to end up here. But mm -hmm. like any good road trip, you're probably going to make some detours. <laughs> um, right. And so I know the places I need to hit. I know the rules I need to create to make the story work. But along the way, um, I often find that I make these detours and these details become clear to me as I'm writing, as the story is progressing. Um, and the good thing about it is that it's, you know, it's your world. So if you want to <laughs> make a new rule, if you want to, um, or, or sometimes even more fun, find ways in which rules that you've established can be broken or bent. Um, 
in order to serve the story, that can be a, a fun plot twist as well. Um, but I find starting out with a really solid uh, list of terminology. I've got Excel sheets up the wazoo, all these mm. Excel sheets of, you know, words I've created or words I've pulled from other languages. You know, the um, the Gateway Trilogy and the Gateway Tracker series, um, I pull a lot of my um, sort of magical terminology or fantasy terminology from Gaelic. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of those words, so then I need to keep track of them all and I need to, you know, remember the rules that I've set for each new element of the world. And so keeping track of that um, is definitely challenging, especially if your writer brain is like my writer's brain, which is just like, like a delightful, uh, crazy mess. <laughs> um, it's not always as ordered and organized in there as I would like it to be. Um, I sometimes wish one of my um, readers would make me a Wikipedia page <laughs> so that I could <laughs> keep track of all my own stuff. Because <laughs> sometimes my brain just isn't up to the task, especially like 10 books in. And I'm like, right. oh, you know, oh, God, what did I call this? or this particular spell then I have to go dig back through 10 books and literally go to my bookshelf and find one of the books and like try to figure out oh god when did I do that and when did that happen and what was that what was that casting and what candles did they use and where was the you know what were the you know the magic words they needed to say and all of that it's like you you think because you created it that it's all just magically categorized in your head but it's not (laughs) at least it's not no (laughs) I don't remember like I'll write a book and literally forget what it's about. <laughs> like, I I'm don't like, remember. I've released Nothing. it out into the universe and now it's the universe's problem to remember yeah. what the hell I said. <laughs> that's why, I mean, that's why it's taken me so long to get back to this, um, to making my original Vitruvian Air book a trilogy because I literally forgot what it was about. Oh, Which I can't wait for, by the way. I cannot <laughs> I was, wait. <laughs> I was too lazy to go back and reread it. I was like, oh, I forget what it's about, well, because, but no, it's but fine. Honestly, now, I'm back though, into it now. Honestly, though, like <laughs> once you've written it and you've spent so much time with it and the editing and all of that, like even the thought of reading it again, like is, is horrible. I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to read that anymore. I'm like, yeah, I'm done with it. I need some space from it. I need to, we've spent entirely too much time together. And if we don't take some space, then we're going to be like in a fight. <laughs> no, it's, it's true. It's true. Well, so tell us what you're working on now. And can you like explain a little bit like your, what, what's your process like these days with creating this new world? Okay, sure. Yeah. So the new series I'm starting is called the Rift Magic Saga. Um, the first book Uh, And I'm not entirely sure how many books it's going to be. I'm planning, I've sort of planned out three, I think, but we're going to kind of see how that shapes up. Um, But essentially, the first book is called What the Ladies Made New. Um, And it's a story about, I've taken the idea of world building where you create an alternate version of the world. So in this particular case, I am building myself an alternate Victorian London. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a Victorian London where magic is real, but also very feared. 
Um, and so people without magic are in charge and people with magic have been subdued into these servant classes and into poverty and whatnot. Um, which in a lot of ways sounds like the opposite of what you would expect. You'd almost expect mm. people with the magic to have the power because they have these abilities. Um, so I liked the idea of turning that on its head, which was where kind of the whole idea of this series came from, you know, like what if magic was exploited mm. and, ex and, and enslaved um, by people who don't have it and how would they, what methods would they use to control it and how would they put it into service and how would they stop magical populations from rebelling and all that kind of thing. Mm. That was where I wanted to go with it. So that's, that was the, the seed of the idea. Um, mm -hmm. And so I am right now just kind of in the very beginnings of establishing um, the rules of this new London. So it's interesting because I'm researching Victorian London. I'm, I, like you, am a huge Anglophile. Yes. So mm. I love all that stuff. Um, I love historical fiction. So historical fantasy really appeals to me. Um, so I've been doing my research into Victorian London, but then also seeing how I can take that world and make it my own with this new sort of societal order that I've established, mm. um, you know, taking landmarks uh, of London and, and turning them to my own purposes, um, that kind of stuff. So it's been really fun. I mean, it's really fun. Um, I also have to establish all the, I mean, if I've got magic in my world, I need to establish what that magic is, who has the magic, how it's controlled, how you categorize it. Does the different kinds, do the different kinds of magic have names? Um, you know, how do the different kinds of magic interact with each other? These are all things you have to figure out as you go. And it's daunting, but my God, is it fun? <laughs> Yeah, I know. I, I love the research part, too. Yeah, you just want to get lost in it. You really do. You just want to go down. I mean, the rabbit holes that you can go down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> My internet search history must just be quite the thing to behold at this point. <laughs> <laughs> As I'm trying to, like, figure all this stuff out, I've decided to use um, Latin this time. As the, oh. as the source for establishing all of my terminology. So I've now I've got my Excel spreadsheet going of all my <laughs> new terms that I'm using to kind of categorize everything in this new London. And um, it, yeah, it's, uh, it's a good time. It's a good time. Cool. Um, I mean, you've visited London so many times. How are you drawing on actual places? Like, do you have favorite places there that you're trying to weave into the story? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm really just trying to, um, I, I like to call this series, like, if Harry Potter and Downton Abbey, like, had a baby, <laughs> but were raising it during the time of The Handmaid's Tale, like, if that makes sense. Like, mm. <laughs> so it's like, it's got these magical elements to it. It's got these kind of upstairs, downstairs, class warfare elements to it and then it also has mm -hmm. this splash of like religious government overreach yeah um yeah and it's kind of like mashing all those things together um and yeah so I'm, I'm using a lot of the really iconic stuff um in England at the time um is a lot of the iconic stuff that's there right now you know having right. the um the towers of of parliament 
you know, being taken over and turned into this massive um, government religious complex. Um, right. Having um, all of the palaces, all of the big palaces having been taken over and being run by the uh, families of these elders who are kind of in charge of, of everything and having that whole mm-hmm. classic um, upstairs, downstairs, um, the world of the servants and the world of the wealthy and, um, you know, having that be uh, a delineated by the presence of magic or not magic and then how that all fits together um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really fun. <laughs> it's really fun. And yeah. and I so wish that I could just hop a plane um, oh, right now <laughs> and just go like Airbnb it for a couple months. So I could really just kind of bury myself in all of that. And, you know, obviously in, in the current times, uh, right. hopping a plane anywhere <laughs> is ill-advised. So not to mention the fact that I've got two small children and all of that, that just makes traveling basically impossible but um (laughs) so I spend a lot of time uh like I said down those internet rabbit holes just trying to immerse myself in a world I can't physically be in right now it's not ideal but you know you do and so I asked um last time I interviewed an author it was my friend Lorenzo um Petrozillo and I asked him like because I do this too do you ever attach when you're writing do you attach to a song or do you have like a playlist for every book you write? You know, that's really interesting. So I, like you, love music. Um, and <laughs> I actually find that when I am writing, I cannot listen to anything that has lyrics. Because right. like your typical theater kid, I will start singing. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then I will start typing lyrics inadvertently and I just can't my brain can't do those two things at the same time so I usually try to find myself um some atmospheric um you know music with no with no lyrics something very instrumental um at this point I'm listening to the music from Skyrim quite a bit um Hmm. I'm actually finding that the soundtracks to films and video games are really, really helpful in setting a mood or a tone. And luckily for me, other people have also figured this out. And YouTube is just full of like 10 hour playlists of, (laughs) you know, music from Skyrim, you know, uh, it's like, you know, taverns and uh, daytime ambiance with, you know, music and birdsong and various Mm. things. So it depends. Depends on what I'm writing at the time. I also listened to a right. lot of when I was writing the Gateway uh, books. I listened to a lot of Irish music, fiddle music, mm. stuff like that, um, to kind of put me in the cultural yeah. in that cultural place. Um, I listened to the mm-hmm. Harry Potter soundtrack um, quite a bit. The soundtracks mm-hmm. from the movies. I find those to be helpful. I started listening to the soundtracks to the Lord of the Rings movies also, but I, Oh yeah. I love those. those are I great. found that I had to skip around quite a bit because some of those got extremely intense. Like once you got into battle stuff, I yes. was like, I, I'm getting anxiety. Um, I can't listen to this while I'm writing. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, I tend to stick with instrumental stuff and I'm always looking for new things. Yes. Um, I, I used like the, 
it's like uh what is it i can't even think of it now it's like alpha waves i listened to oh, that oh okay yeah yeah and but like when before i guess it's before i start writing something if i'm in the thinking stages of it cuz i will have to think of a plot for a while before i start writing anything and that's when i will attach to a song that like evokes something mm-hmm. about what i'm thinking about and i will attach to a song and i will listen to it like on repeat um, while I think about the story. And sometimes, like, those often have lyrics. Sure, sure. But, I mean, at that point, you're yeah. not trying to come up with your own words. So it's okay no. to have somebody else. No, words. no, no. I can't. No, I, I definitely can't listen to lyrics while I'm trying to write. Yeah. It has to be, like, classical music or something. Yeah. Um, so when can people expect this book to be out? Oh, wow. That's a great question, especially <laughs> now that my writing schedule has been turned upside down by um, suddenly uh, – being in quarantine with two small children and yes. homeschooling them and all of that. So I am hoping uh, that we will see the first book in the um, Rift Magic Saga. So that's what the ladies made new. I'm aiming for end of summer, beginning of fall, but that's, oh, wow. we shall see. I'm, I'm not convinced that that is realistic at this point, but that's my hope. My hope is by the time we're rolling into fall that I'll have something. Wow. How much are you, how, how much have you done so far? Um, I've written somewhere around 20,000 words so far. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's, you know, and, and I've got a lot of stuff outlined too. And like I said, doing all of that background work on your world building, having done that ahead of time, gives you the scaffolding you need to start, you know, building, you can build in and around it because you've kind of got the structure there. Um, But yeah. So do you have any, it's going to be a challenge. (laughs) Yeah. Do you have any advice for like writers out there who maybe they've, you know, they have, they want to create their own world, but it's kind of a frightening prospect. Like, do you have any advice for them to, to ease into it? Yeah. Embrace the fear. (laughs) Like embrace the fear. Like you're going to, yeah, it's scary. Like I said, it's that blank canvas moment of exhilaration and just total, like, I don't know what I'm doing and and I don't know where to start. You start with your seed of your idea. I think anybody who sets out to do anything as ambitious as, as build an entire world for their series has a seed of an idea that they that has taken hold of them that they can't let go of that they feel like needs to be it's the story that needs to be told and i think anytime mm-hmm. you get intimidated by the world building part of it um you just need to go back to your story and you need to ask yourself how does the world i'm building serve this story and if you can always right. answer that question whenever you're working on a certain part of whether it's the societal structure or the magical elements or, you know, what, whatever rules or, or things you're creating for your world, if you just keep asking yourself, how does this serve my story? How is this going to help me tell the story that I am so taken with that I feel like I need to tell? And if you can keep going back to that question um, and just embracing the fact that it's going to be messy and you're going to change things and you can't get married to anything. A- anything has to be, you have to be willing to get rid of almost anything. 
um, as you right. go, even if it's one of the original ideas that you had that you really loved. It's like, if at some point it doesn't serve your story, it's got to go and you have to be able to let go of it. Um, LT right. style. Great advice. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, yeah that's just great advice. go back to your story, go back to the heart of it. How does this world serve my story? And, and you'll be fine. Sure. So before we go, um, tell everyone where they can find your two others. Yeah, absolutely. So um, if you go to eehomes.com, um, first of all, I've got a, a e-newsletter there that you can sign up for that will uh, get you onto a monthly email list that will give you all the updates on all of the books, the audio books as they're being released, the um, updates on the new series. I, I do contests and giveaways and all kinds of stuff every month. So it's worth it just to see kind of what's going on, um, especially where I've got such a, I'm moving the goalposts so much on when this new book is going to be done. Like this will kind of give you regular updates on that. Um, and on eehomes.com, I've got a, a books tab um, and it will take, it'll show you the complete reading order for both series. And it can take you to, um, links to purchase uh, the paperbacks, the eBooks, the audiobooks, um, you know, and it'll take you automatically from whatever country you're in. It'll take you automatically to the, um, to the right link for where you are. So check it out. Awesome. Yes. Check it out. They're great. Thank you. Um, thank you. Well, so thank you so much for joining us and taking time to speak to us today. It's been Absolutely. amazing. Thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. Thank you.